0: Log Talk Radio The Witch, the Priestess, and the Cauldron. A podcast featuring Elvira Love and Deborah Voith, two the broom closet professional witches with over 70 years' combined experience of making magic. This is a show on the LMC radio network. During each episode, Elvira and Deb will help you create rituals, cast spells, make potions, and much more besides. They'll spend time speaking about different goddesses from all over the world, paying attention to the ancient reverence of long-ago cultures, and infusing it with a modern perspective. Elvira, Deb, take it away.
1: Well, hello there. (laughs) It's been a bit of a, a time... We are the witch, the priestess, and the cauldron. I am Elvira, and my co-hostess Deb is also here, as we always are together. Yay. And our, our theme, actually, for tonight is um, the divine family, and it's the the topic is the divine child. And as things happened, we needed to have a little bit of a space, so. We will be um, starting another topic next week, but this one is the Divine Child, and in a few moments we will start talking about it. But um, just to catch everybody up, I know that it's been a couple of weeks since we've actually been on air. Um, we've had obviously, I've had Christmas, I've had New Year's, um, <laughs> lots of fun and you know frolic with Christmas and ripping packages open, and all kinds of neat gifts, and obviously, um, I thoroughly enjoyed that. My granddaughter is, you know, at that time where she still is very much a part of Santa, and um, we had a great time with that, and family, (laughs) and then, among all the other things, there was a little bit of a respite. My body decided it needed to take a little bit of a a pause, so (laughs) it got me a little sick, not bad, just enough to stop me from running around, and New Year's Eve was actually um, really nice. It, it uh, I didn't see it in with my daughter and family because they wanted to do this whole games and they were doing all this, you know, young people stuff, so I came back and, you know, wished everybody a happy New Year's and then <laughs> sat with my my dogs and watched television and, you know, obviously... The next day was my fun day because I watched the Rose Parade and um, I grew up in Southern California so the Pasadena Rose Parade is iconic and at some point if not several times you party at night and then drive yourself to Pasadena, park your car, camp out um, in proper locations and then be there for the the whole uh, parade and they have porta potties and things like that but My friend decided she wanted to have a FaceTiming, so we did our televisions, two different channels, and our FaceTiming, and kibitzed all the way through the whole thing. It was a lot of fun. So that's kind of where my whole two weeks have gone. Where's yours gone?
2: (laughs) Oh, boy. It just, um, this last two weeks has gone by so fast. I just... um, Mm -hmm yeah I wish everybody a happy new year um the um last couple of weeks has been mostly about um food family friends um, I know we did something different this year for uh Christmas Eve is something that we used to do um that we haven't done in my family for about um about four or five years um is that we would get together uh my family and my sister's family. So that's like all the kids. She's got three kids, I've got four kids, and then their grandkids and then um my brother and his kids, um and their kids and my uh and my sister, my other sister. And so um so that's a lot of people and what happened is that we um we didn't have the space for it anymore and so we stopped doing it a few years ago, and I really missed it. And so this year, we were able to do it. Um, one of the other in-laws uh, was generous enough to donate um, the use of their their house, which is huge, um, for us to all get together, and it was, it was so much fun. It was like, um, it made me think of all the uh, different holidays past where we uh, were able to talk and just, you know, uh, really get to see some of the other family members that we don't always get to see. And so that was a lot of fun. Um, and then, you know, I, I'll i tell you with the the whole New Year's Eve, I really, for some reason, I'm feeling it more this year than any other year with just sensing and feeling that turning of the wheel uh, as we've clicked over to 2024. And part of me has kind of felt like a little, a little bit bittersweet feeling, you know, sensing the passing of time as we're being propelled forward. Um, But then um, I also, you know, have been like really inspired to um, just to kind of come more into balance um, with um, just with, you know, uh, habits, daily habits, food, activity. um, And I got invited by... um, somebody I know who does these local shows um, over at Altered State of Mind, they started a little group. Um, this is uh, Misa and Laura L. Uh, uh, their thing is called Magica. Um They um, started a group called Shed Challenge Group. And so it's, it's pretty simple, you know, and so we're just mostly um, just going to talk to each other uh, once a week in a Zoom meeting to encourage each other um, to, you know, um, drink more water, uh, eliminate sugar, and do like 20 minutes, some kind of a workout, three times a week, just starting out, you know. And Mm -hmm. I love that it's very um, kind of loosely formatted, that everybody might have a different way of doing things and just um, mostly just, you know, encouraging each other and sharing ideas and thoughts and stuff like that. So that has actually made me feel more excited About um about doing that sort of stuff, (laughs) you know Mm -hmm. where um in the past I know what I've had a problem with when it comes to kind of um turning the button or you know clicking that button to change back into some better habits. Um, lots of times I've struggled with you know using like negative self talk to be like, oh, you should be doing this or you should be doing that, and it's like yeah yeah that works for a minute, but then. (laughs) I usually yeah. you know uh rebel against that at some point, point. and so, yeah, I was really happy to to get into this little group and um and I celebrated um the new year's um mostly in a quiet way. we kind of um bummed around and stuff like that, but I always think of like the new year's baby um wearing like a little top hat and a, and a diaper why'
0: well, I didn't have mm-hmm. a diaper
2: on, but I did have a top hat. <laughs> <laughs> and so, um, <laughs> so we just, you know, um, cheered in the the new year and ate some good food again. <laughs> and now I'm pushing the reset button to maybe eat less, but good food, but less. <laughs> mm-hmm. And do mm-hmm. other things to be more active. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I'm excited about it. <laughs>
1: well, and, and, you know, when you don't put the of this is a resolution, I've got to do this, then I think you're going to have a lot better um, chance of maintaining it because again, you know, it's the idea of being in yourself, being told what you're going to do or not do rather (laughs) than, you know, consciously consciously making choices as we go along, knowing for the, you know, a better purpose, uh, you know, rather than chiding ourselves for making the wrong choice. Um, yes, which should, does. You know. so yeah. Yeah, like I had um, one
2: one of my sons said to me recently that he feels like, um, and I kind of knew this, but I didn't really think about it much, but he was like, yeah, he goes, everybody in our family is really hard on themselves. And I don't know, I'm sure part of that was handed down or whatever, but it's like, you know, it's, it's good to have that self-discipline, but you don't have to make yourself... Crazy about it or, you know, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. like, you know, use it so that you're uh, punishing yourself or anything like right. that
1: because then it kind right. of just doesn't keep working. Yeah. Well, let's see. This is a good segue to, you know, <laughs> the old and the new and the, the little baby coming in after the old one leaves, you know, that kind of thing. It's <laughs> funny because we I was mentioning that you know, um, Mm -hmm. as a more modern version of what people see the wheel turning, i.e. old year, new year. And I know that obviously, you know, we had winter solstice, we had Yule, we have, you know, Christmas and all these other um, renewals because you go to the darkest part of and then you get the light and that's a renewal. So, um, and I think it's interesting because the divine child really is um, the combination of, of opposites. It's, it's when, you know, the two opposites, the feminine and the masculine, we actually said the divine feminine, divine masculine, the light, the dark come together and this third aspect um, is born. And out of that, of course, that divine child will hold, you know, hope for humanity, is the bringer of light, brings promises, uh, order out of chaos, you know, becomes that the those renewed aspects in, a, in a, a beautiful way as opposed to, you know, kind of trudging along and we're saying we're going to keep doing this kind of thing. It just, it gets that, like, that intense energy of joy coming up. And with that, you have, you know, like every new beginning is a a divine child, is the birth of a divine child, even if it's not related to New Year, Old Year, or solstice or any of that. And I think that for me, it was really fun to do the work here because it it kept going, you know, it's like it it has a certain... um, back and forth so that in in a way it's not a pendulum, it's more like this cycle of the figure eight of energy and mm-hmm. you wind up with that crossover point is where the birth of the child comes and that is the, the moment of the divine child. So I I feel that however we engage in that, whether it's Personal and it's working with our own inner divine child, um, and of course there's a lot of Jungian points of reference in that, um, or we're doing it in an external, in which we observe, you know, the changing of a season, the the experience of this, you know, even the birth of a child, a physical embodied child, is the divine child born out of two physical you know, individuals that represent both and in both. And I feel that we are in a place now where as we kind of worked ourselves into this, this topic becomes part of this new child, divine child birth, um, literally on the 2nd of January, which is, you know, (laughs) two out of of the, you know, the dual (laughs) coming into the one. I'm turning it over to you cuz I think I would probably <laughs> go a little farther and I need to give you some, you know, chance to, you know, answer if you have anything you want to share about anything that you came with this information of the divine child.
2: Yeah, I um well, I guess um you know, I I'm kind of glad that we did do this topic of divine child cuz I there's a couple of different ways of kind of looking at what that means. And um, Mm -hmm. I know, you know, that uh, Carl Jung saw the divine child as that symbol of unity um, born from the tension of opposites, you know, with the divine masculine and the divine feminine. And Mm -hmm. the whole thing about bringing hope, very true-oriented, and flows, you know, uh, into the direction of all the different potentials that you can have. And um, so it seems like um, that whole divine child archetype symbolizes almost like a spiritual awakening um, of our Mm -hmm. own divine potential. And I I believe that the divine child does live within each of us, just like the divine masculine and the divine feminine. Um, And... I've heard that the purpose of our journey through life is, is self-realization and that our ego is the tool that the universe uses for us to learn. And um, sometimes um, when we have like what seems to be like an unsolvable problem, it, it's resolved by holding the opposites, or you could think of it as the masculine and the feminine, so that a child is born from that union of opposites. And so the conflict um, that was not being resolved uh, kind of brings about like a spontaneous birth of an answer. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Kind of just kind of springing from you know, our subconscious. Um, and that, you know, in a real metaphysical way or very abstract way is, is can manifest like in our reality in real time, moment to moment. And that's the beauty of it. Um, and so some might um think that, might call that happening divine inspiration. Um, mm-hmm. And sometimes that can happen to us in our dreams. Um We might have like dream babies uh, where mm-hmm. we might be wrestling <laughs> with a certain problem, you know, and searching for a solution. And then um, when we go to sleep, we find out in our dreams that something happens that is like an aha, like, oh, that's the answer I've been searching for. And so that can Mm -hmm. also be kind of like, you know, um, a dream um, dream baby or divine uh, inspiration. So, and usually the birth of something like that does come about from our own inner conflict. Um, Right. And I think that's like the alchemy, you know, the alchemy of the divine feminine and the divine masculine. Um, Mm -hmm. Sometimes, Mm you know, there might be other things going on. Maybe it's not just problem solving. Maybe it's um, dreams where you're taking care of a baby or saving the baby. Um, And then our our ego, our dream ego, has to kind of, like, figure it out. Um,
1: mm-hmm.
2: And so then you have other potentials that come up, like insights that we wouldn't have had before. So, I don't know, I think that um, the child, you know, is always going to represent light potentials to the future. And mm-hmm. um, our our inner child is functioning at its high level, you know, unencumbered by any any baggage weighing it down, it really, um mm-hmm. it it really represents life itself and it mm-hmm. lives within mm-hmm. each one of us. Um, so, um I think that's why there's probably like a lot of the saviors in mythology um have like a child story. Um
1: Exactly. You know
2: like, you know, Ganesh, Jesus, Moses floating down the river. Mm-hmm. Um mhm. Mhm. Stupid. Um so they each have like a story of the of the divine child, um, who comes and is a light to the world where they are they are kind of like the savior of the world.
0: Mhm.
2: So there's so many different levels of Kind of understanding that, or seeing that play out in our lives.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I think the, uh, the other part I would think of um, of looking at that is um, like the parts of um, knowing and accepting yourself. Mm-hmm. So when you get into balance by nurturing those opposite characteristics, that's, you know, the divine feminine and the divine masculine does live within each of us. And sometimes I think that um, because of a lot of different influences, I guess, um, we might, like some um, might deny some of their... you know, divine masculine traits or their divine feminine traits. And, but then we're, we're not really accepting ourselves and going into that whole sense of completeness.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. We do. And <laughs> a lot in there that you've said. And, and, you know, the, the interesting part is it's like, it's, it's within us and it's like, going it's the own the divine child is our own inner wisdom and i think that rather than it encourages us to go deeper into ourselves rather than surf do the surfing on the surface because mm-hmm. that's what we we find that joy we find the curiosity the adventure you know the the wonder um uh because we've been lost in both the masculine and the feminine uh, aspects. And instead of, you know, taking on and moving into that third part, we keep going, you know, from that, you know, pendulum situation back, forth, back, forth. So I think, you know, you brought up some really, really excellent points about, you know, the, the different things. Um, before we break, is there anything else, because we've got a few minutes, anything else you mm-hmm. would like to bring out
2: well one of the things I kind of liked um, another way of wording it or another way of looking at it is um, well in some ways I look at the divine child as kind of like a clean slate in the type of potential then I know that uh, Carl Jung looked at the divine child like not so much as a clean slate but um, believe that individuals have like a predestined or primordial images in their subconscious, and that these um, archetypes uh, are the manifestations of the collective unconscious. And so, images or potentials come realized, at, you know, when they enter consciousness and take form within us as an be- in interaction with the outside world. Um, So when I look at that, I know that that it doesn't mean that we have, like, this predestined, you know, ironclad um, path that we're going to be on. But it Mm -hmm. kind of makes me think of, like, um, when we look at um, our strengths and our challenges, like, in our astrological chart. um, Like, there there we can see that we are going to have some tendencies, Um, for some challenges, but I think that knowing that actually helps us to be able to navigate um, through them and become stronger. Um, Mm -hmm. And so I think that that's what um, Earl Young meant by that, where we do have that um, in our subconscious, um, predestined or primordial images that are a part of us. Um, but then mm-hmm. we we do decide what we do with them from moment to moment as we go through life. Mhm,
1: mhm, wow, yeah, and it's funny you talked about the collective consciousness and the you know the unconscious, and it's funny because I was looking at my notes because I will acknowledge I have notes that I look at <coughs> because they kind of remind me of where I want to go. And you did it beautifully. Mm -hmm. I think that at this point, you know, it's just like um, bringing it forward. And, yes, we do have, you know, the challenge of, you know, working it through and, you know, going into it and journeying through this, you know, the aspects that bring out our information and our knowledge and the wisdom that is there but it gets kind of you know, it's kind of put on a shelf and you have to go find the shelf um, and get it off. But I think what we're <laughs> going to do is we're going to break for our um, commercial because we're going to come back and I am going to be <laughs> handing it over to you for some really good information um, that I think will uh, bring us, you know, a deeper knowledge of the divine child. So I'm letting the powers of be take us to our commercial here we go
0: (laughs) you're listening to the witch the priestess and the cauldron a radio podcast on the lmc radio network stay tuned as more magic is coming your way right after these messages You're listening to the LMC Radio Network, broadcasting out of Forestville, California, on the World Wide Web at LuckyMojo.com. The LMC Radio Network is a media alliance whose excellent shows include the Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Rootbook Hour with Catherine Ironwood and Conjurement, Sundays, 3 to 430 Mystics, Mages, and Magical Places with Reverend Art and Reverend James, Mondays, 4 to 5.30. The Crystal Silence League Hour with John St. Germain in Syndication Tuesdays. The Witch the Priestess in the Cauldron with Elvira Love and Deborah Voice, Tuesdays, 4 to 5. The Now You Know Show with Professor Porterfield in Syndication. Wednesdays and The Witch, the Priestess, and the Cauldron with Elvira Love and Miss Phoenix LaFay in syndication Thursdays. All-time specific, at three hours for Eastern, sponsored by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com.
1: We are back again. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So obviously we are the Witch, the Priestess, and the Cauldron. I'm Miss Elvira, and Deb is my co-hostess. She is now ready to present some fascinating information on the Divine Child. I hand it to you. All right. Um. Well,
2: um. Let me just say that I know I'm repeating myself, but just, um, just to say that have divine feminine and the divine masculine within us um, and we also have the potential of the divine child within us too so we're, we are all the divine child trying to uh, trying to reach towards wholeness and um, you know in popular psychology the, the inner child is looked at like as an unconscious sort of personality consisting of what a person experienced in the life. And um so it's um kind of viewed as subordinate or uh or beneath the conscious mind. And um if there have been like a history of, you know, trauma or different types of Changing in early childhood, then the you know the inner child can manifest in shadowy negative ways, and lots of times we might probably not be in touch with that inner child at all because we just don't want to deal with it. don't want to acknowledge it and so what I think that um, what many of us need to do. Um, I mean some of us have <laughs> sailed through childhood totally unscathed, but most of us have some shadowy things you know from our early childhood um, so what we want to do is um like on a psychological, spiritual, and magical um, level is to heal the inner child, and I think when you do that when you even when you just begin to do it, it opens up. Um, that inner child's potential to evolve, you know, into going from, like, the hidden child to the divine child. And so part of it, um, well, I think lots of times what we really have to begin with is um, going through a process of conscious parenting. And so... Um, So we have to begin sort of um, to find a way to recognize uh, the anxiety or trauma of our inner child and just seeing, you know, self-compassion, just go about relearning new patterns of behavior. And those are the things that actually set your inner child free. Um, So when we do that, there's different parts of ourselves. And so our adult self... Um, is kind of interacting with our child self, and by doing that in a, in a compassionate way, um, you help your total self to become free of any uh, compulsions to act upon you know the uh, raw instinct of that subconscious inner child. Um, there's a um, a process that combines, like, that psychology of it along with spiritual development. And it's something that kind of pops up at the top of um, Maslow's Hierarchy of Need, where, you know, that little top triangle is about self-actualization. And um, that was taken from, uh, there's a psychiatrist who was very much a pioneer in transpersonal psychiatry, and he had this process that he called psychosynthesis. And so that meant to heal both the personality and the soul. And so the idea behind that is that to achieve your highest potential um, or to journey into self-actualization, you first need to heal any childhood trauma, and then that's essential to developing a healthy ego. Um, and so if we can combine you know, healing old traumas reparenting ourselves, and also just combining those with spiritual experiences, that really helps us to begin to connect more uh, deeply and in a much more profound way with our divine inner child. Now, that sounds like a whole lot of stuff to do. But yeah, I'm, tired. That,
1: <laughs> you know, I'm tired. <laughs> oh, all this work. Oh.
2: But it's, it's basically just taking, I think, once you start it, once you become more aware of it, it's almost like a domino effect, um, where it ends up, it it might look overwhelming from the outside, but once you start it, it triggers more awareness as you go along. Um, So I, I didn't mean to get so complex, but I think that just, you know, paying attention to um just like your own unique psychology. Like if you know that you have, you know, the inner fears or anxieties or to pay attention to what triggers that. You know, mm-hmm. And also combine, you know, um your own sense of uh spiritual development along with it, it really goes a long way. Um <laughs> being able to kind of heal and also you know connect with your divine inner child and the thing with that is just um you know being able to let go of any of the dysfunctional or shadowy inner child um really helps you know you to become more spontaneous and joyful and not i think a lot of uh judgment is connected with that because that's probably something that the inner child was given, you know, in those early years of formation. And, um, and once we recognize that, then it's almost, I think the biggest part, probably the biggest hurdle is just being able to recognize it. And then once you do, it's like, oh, you know, that's what that is. And then it'll start to, you know, drop away.
1: <laughs> right. All right. Well, it's interesting because a lot of times, you know, we wind up with um, something that comes into our lives, which you know becomes like a signal for change, and mm-hmm. it challenges, if you know, a time of conflict. It challenges us to to do something, and becomes like this momentous experience to make this decision to go and make this change or go through this and that's when we get I think pulled more into the aspects of you know the inner masculine the inner feminine the inner child and then moving to that other part which is that divine child aspect and I know that we get triggered by many things and we do a lot of us, you know, many of us have, you know, continually do our work and and things, but we'll still get triggered. And that pushes us to do this other part, even though, and as you said, even in dream time, it will come through or, you know, you're doing your meditation. A lot of times, and this is my personal
2: experience,
1: I will be involved in something completely different and mm-hmm. I'll be dealing with it and suddenly this thing just drops in out of, you know, the ethers and it, it becomes the catalyst and I get the aha because I'm not so focused on it. And mm-hmm. um, that's, you know, I mean, that
2: makes a lot of sense.
1: Yeah, and we kind of, I think, go consistently through that Um doing our work and then going and doing things and getting challenged and then going and doing more work. And, the, you know, it's not to say that every human being is going to do their work because, you know, toxic behavior of the toxic child behavior or toxic divine child is, you know, working mm-hmm. on being childish and victim and poor me and things like that and using that as a manipulation in different formats. So um, I think that those of us that are aware, part of that is to you know basically um, basically show send the love to the to the toxic people. I don't mean this in a peace love mm-hmm. light hippy dippy kind of way. Just meaning <laughs> <to> put, <laughs> not that that isn't something that can happen and be part of it, but. Um, it's about just moving to that other higher value to send that energy so that it breaks mm-hmm. that cycle of negative, the negativity so yes. that it opens things up. Now I'm going to, I'm going to give it yes. back to you, but I had, I had to jump in cause no. it was like, Oh my God, this kind of a thing. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Oh, definitely. You know? And so I think it's just a more of a, like I was talking before about, you know, um, when I'm trying to, you know, uh, change my habits, how I used to have, like, this real, you know, uh, critical uh, negative voice. And it's like, no, that's really not what I need. And it made me think about that a lot more because of the topic that we're on. And Mm -hmm. where, you know, I think that it's stepping back from that and um, seeing that, you know, our inner child, my, my id or whatever, um, what I would like to do if I'm being unruly is to eat donuts and chocolate for breakfast, stay up till 3 or 4 in the morning every night, and to, um, you know, um, not make <laughs> my bed and just run off and do whatever, you know, finger paint or do whatever, mm-hmm. you know. And it's mm-hmm. like, so then I have to have that other aspect of myself that is, um, you know, my parents' self or my adult self. Um, mm mm-hmm. So I can, you know, act as that inner parent and do it the way um, that I would, you know, treat a, another child is usually with very much, you know, uh, love and respect. and But a little discipline. Discipline, like, you know, eating chocolate every morning is not really so good for you. <laughs> you know, you need to do no. something else.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the chocolate is so good. I know. (laughs) (laughs) And then
2: um, something else that's kind of interesting is um, when I was searching around is that, um, you know, so Carl Jung referred to this inner dynamic subconscious force as the inner child. Mm -hmm. Um, And what I noticed is someone drew a correlation between that and some Eastern philosophers, which referred to it as karma. And so Mm -hmm. um, what they said is these seeds are stored in our subconscious, uh, which is where our inner child resides. And until we replace them by consciously planting positive seeds or liberate them self-awareness, what has been planted there will will grow and ripen into negative results. And so Mm -hmm. um, what you want to do is you want to, you know, Pull out the weeds and start planting in those good um, good thoughts good you know mm-hmm. uh, choices and good actions mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you know in doing that you know uh, you can plant those seeds of change uh, for positive karma and and elevate our our inner child from the shadow and into the mm-hmm. divine um, I mean the divine is there it's just I think it's always there because that's a part of us, the very mm-hmm. fabric of us. But I think that mm-hmm. you know, when we have a lot of baggage or a lot of other things that have happened, maybe we can't can't see it or we can't um, get in touch with it as readily. Right, I And I can just even. No. Oh, go huh? ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh no. <laughs> Uh, no, I was just going to add that even process of awareness um, to heal your inner child is going to bring about positive changes in life. Because then, you know, just by starting that, you start to elevate and, and set that inner child free.
1: Right, right. <laughs> and, you know, I'm going to kind of diverge off because, you know, we've got our time here. And I'm, I kind of uh-huh. wanted to throw this out, and then you have something right. for Rachel ritual that I would like to turn back to you. But we were, you know, we kind of mentioned this, and I'm just going to bring it up a bit uh-huh. um, when we were discussing it uh, between the two of us about the topic. Is that during the 1970s there was a a big experience <laughs> here of the indigo children, and you know, color the, the energy of what an indigo child is. And in correlation to the divine child, I would say that, you know, you have what they basically describe as children um, who are believed to possess special or unusual traits and abilities, sometimes, you know, psychic, sometimes just, you know, like there's a certain sense of um, having a strong innate uh process of spirituality and uh, integrity and, you know, you know, sensing other people and being very part of this divine child aspect, I mean, you know, you do kind of get a little bit, um, uh, they, you know, seem to feel they deserve to have certain things or entitlement. That's the, you know, that darker or I don't necessarily want to say bad, but it's because of this they get that other special sense of being very special. But um, I feel that there are many children that are born in with that. And, you know, most every one of them, of course, I Mm -hmm. would say that the ones that stay more conscious would be, you know, and I'm not, you know, we're using a label, you know, as indigo children, but I would say would be the way to... um, Put that and they're the ones that you know nurture the divine child in a way because they it's so strongly part of who they are in a spiritual sense in an energetic sense it doesn't go to sleep, it doesn't take a back seat and it's able to weather um, the traumas that come to them you know in their early years so there is that, and I just wanted to share that as a, a snippet for information <laughs> to, you know, put that out there. So um, I'm going to turn it to you again for, you know, anything you want to say about that and then to dive into the ritual. Okay.
2: Um. Yeah, I just, um, well, you know, I know that, oh, I know, there was this Um. This quote by Carl Jung, it doesn't have anything to do with indigo children, but what I really, Mm -hmm. I just really liked it. And so I just wanted to um, tell you it here. He once said, the first half of life is devoted to forming a healthy ego. The second half is going inward and letting go of it. And I just was struck by that. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah.
1: Mm -hmm. I know, Mm
2: -hmm. certainly true in my
1: case. (laughs) Yeah, a lot of it is wow. no. in, in in many, I would say most all of us, whether or not we are <laughs> going to acknowledge it or not, is another matter. <laughs> but, oh wow. That's great. That's a great segue. Great. Thank you. Uh, well, so I I
2: kinda uh put together this little ritual to connect with your inner child and I think okay. I I did it in part for I think I needed something like this because I, um, just like looking into some of the stuff about the inner child um, had me realize how disconnected I can feel from that. Um, sometimes, and I can, you know, it's it's funny. Ever since I started researching this, I've actually felt <laughs> more um childlike but in some good ways childlike like Mm -hmm. feeling Mm -hmm. more spontaneous Mm -hmm. and more joyful and just you know interested you know excited about life sort of a way Mm -hmm. you know and um, so this is the ritual to connect with your inner child Uh, this um, it's just a brief ritual meditation it can be used as a way to create a bridge between the energy body of your adult self and your inner child So the only thing that you will need to do this is a photo of yourself as a child, or if you don't have that, could use like a small handheld mirror. Um, Also a paper and pen, and most important, a quiet space where you'll be undisturbed. So what you'll need to do is just, you know, get into some comfortable clothes, turn off your cell phone, um, and then get into a comfortable sitting position and put the items, you know, the photo or the mirror and pen close by. Um, And you can do this in silence or with some soft meditation music. Uh, And so to begin, just see yourself surrounded in a bubble or circle of protection. (laughs) Ask your spirit guides or other helpful spirits to help guide you if this feels right. And just take a few deep breaths. Relax and focus on your breathing. In and out. Then, however, you get into your med- meditative space. Some um, people like to draw in the universal energy through the top of their head and let that flow. They ground all, and once an energy, and then see that energy coming back up from the earth, flowing upward and and exiting out the top. Of their head. So um, that's a good way just to kind of start out getting centered and balanced. And then relax, continue to breathe in and out, and then touch the area of your third eye on your forehead with your fingertips. I think this is a great way uh, it triggers and activates your clairsentience or clairvoyance. Um, So you might feel warmth, fullness, or tingling sensation on your forehead when you do this. Some people like to trace a little infinity symbol there on their forehead. Um, But however you do it, this action serves as a magical trigger just to open your senses up more fully and open up your mind's eye. And so let your intention to link with your inner child as you go through the process. And then when you get there and you feel like you're in that meditative state, pick up a photo of yourself or the handheld mirror and... Study your image. You know, ask that your ch- inner child be brought forth. And take your time and pay special attention to the eyes, whether you're looking in the mirror or in the photo. And then say hello, greet your inner child, <laughs> uh, look carefully and notice what emotions or thoughts or other things that might be stored in those eyes. And let your inner child know that you wish to reconnect with them. And then at that point... Establish your connection by visualizing a line of energy or a bridge of light. And then see that bridge of light running between the two of you from the center of your being to the center of your inner child. And another thing that's very important, the deep breath, you need to look into your inner child's eyes and tell them, I love you unconditionally. That simple statement is very powerful. And then ask that you receive whatever information best for you to know about your inner child at this time. And you might get images or emotions, sensations, words, symbols, or colors might spontane- spontaneously start coming to you. Or you might um, just get that sense of knowing things at this time. So then just relax, observe, and have no expectations. Do not... Um, analyze, let the energy and the communication flow. Everything that you feel or shared at this time is coming to you for a reason. Um, and then when you feel you are done, pick up your pen and paper and write down everything that you have. Let your pen flow over the paper and feel that you are done. Then when you are done, the time, ground and center yourself again. And know that this is a great start. Um, It really can mark a beginning going within and connecting with your inner child. And the thing to know is that your inner child is there. It is within you and that you can connect with them at any time. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: So that's pretty much it. It's just a little short, little simple ritual to connect with that inner child, and it can start like a whole, um, a whole new way of just connecting and maybe sensing things because you're putting that intention out there, and uh, and letting you know, getting into a meditative state and letting whatever information or sensations flow to you at that time.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> wow. I'm just sitting here going, wow, that's great. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you well, so thanks. much. You know, um, and I, you know, I know there's so much more we could you know, delve into <laughs> about the divine child, but based on, you know, the fact that this was the um, the third part of last month, um, mm-hmm. we are still, you know, working on, moving into the next month. So um, is there anything you want to say before I introduce um, our next show and our <laughs> next topic and then segue ourselves uh-huh. into um, <laughs> the ending of our show? Uh, um, you know,
2: I guess that um, when we first get in touch with our inner child, um, we might find um, someone that's hiding or scared or whatever. Um, or we might find someone who's you know, uh, maybe has some anger and is um, striking out. Uh, we might also find someone who's kind of curled up in a corner, you know, maybe paralyzed with, you know, overwhelming emotions. But the thing mm-hmm. to know is that we can heal whatever that is uh, within us, that conscious connection, and just that real compassionate self-parenting.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, by taking, you know, taking those steps, um, you can start to see our inner child truly shine forth and brimming, you know, with all of the wonderful things that have to do with uh, natural curiosity excitement about life and put you know exploring potential mm-hmm. I think that that can be like a truly truly uh, feeling of like being limitless you know once you really really uh, get into that and mm-hmm. we can become like our true and whole selves you know just like the work that we do to tap into the mass the divine masculine and the divine feminine, um, the divine child is is so very worth it.
1: Yes, definitely, definitely. And well, sure. <laughs> and we're going to end that on a on a high note um, for um, the next month, which is of course the one we are in now. Um, the following uh, month weeks, we will be doing things on the topic balance of shadow and light, dark and light. And for next week, we will be talking about the goddess Mott, the goddess of balance and justice. And I feel we will start in a whole new segue of how we do our next six months. So hopefully you will tune in (laughs) and get all the information about Mott and justice balance. And um, at that point, I want to say thank you, Deb, and thank you, Nagashiva, and thank you to everyone that has out there been listening. Um, I will turn it over to you to do your your thing, and then <laughs> I am going to let Nagashiva do his thing, and then we're gonna go on our way. <laughs> Yay! I am so looking Yay. forward to
2: talking about math. Um, and I'll just say goodbye, everybody. Which on which well and which wisely till next time.
0: Thank you for listening to The Witch, the Priestess, and the Cauldron, a radio broadcast on the LMC radio network. Our podcast airs live every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Central, and is available for download. Questions or comments on this show or ideas for upcoming shows can be sent to our website at witchpriestesscauldron.com That's witchpriestesscauldron.com Until next time, merry meet, merry part, and merry meet again. Blessed be.